And there we go, everyone. We are back again for another fantastic conversation on Friday Night Counter-Attack. My voice is almost recovered. Manchester United are still recovering after 10 years of being bad. And it's a very special podcast this week because we are not talking about club football specifically. We are off to the nation of Ivory Coast. We're off to the continent of Africa it is AFCON time. Yes, one of my favourite times of the year in the football calendar. And we have so much to talk about. We are doing an all-time African draft later on uh, with my good co-host, Sarah Peraria. Sarah, you're finally credited on Friday Night Counter-Attack. Has this made your year already, Sarah? Good to hear from you. Good to see you. Yes, it has. I'm so excited to officially be a part of the podcast. And yeah, I can't wait to get into this competition because I think we are... We are revving. We are waiting. It's always exciting when there's international tournaments and uh, AFCON is uh, is a great one to watch. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to getting into a preview beforehand and we're going for a preview with someone who's very, very authentic about talking about African football. And I absolutely love it because he's got a page on social media called Our African Football and he's been absolutely killing it and he's been educating me quite a lot as well. One thing I don't like about what he's doing is he's not responding to my comments when I'm commenting. So Dennis, my friend, you're leaving me hung out to dry. I'm acting like a fanboy out here talking about African football and you're just leaving my comments unresponded. How are you doing, my friend? And when are you going to respond to my comments? Come on now. I want to hear more about your, your thoughts on Angola, for goodness sake. Do you know what, Hans? It's, it, it's kind of crazy because... Um, You're too famous the- for me. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. I mean, I mean before the AFCON, before the AFCON, you know we are now in the AFCON season, but before the AFCON, it was very difficult for you to get, let's say, lots of comments on your post and stuff like that. So, I mean, you see, you see any comments, but... As of now, I tell you, your phone is buzzing every single minute, every second. But everyone wants to know what's happening in the AFCON. So, I mean, you get it. (laughs) I mean, they're probably going to call you over to the Ivory Coast to be a content creator for the AFCON. So we never know what what might happen as well. So keep doing your thing, Dennis. And we're here at the beginning of the podcast, not to talk about the draft, but to talk about the preview for AFCON as well. So we've got a few comments and a few reactions from a few people as well a lot of people that i've been speaking to from my friends at home in england they've been saying that nigeria aren't looking good they've got victor boniface injured as well it's a very difficult tournament to look at um in west africa as well um sorry i'm not sure about some of your friends and your some of your colleagues what are they thinking about from your point of view in regarding afcon are they looking more towards morocco or is senegal looking like a favorite from where you are in the world sarah Well, I think a lot of Canadians look at Morocco differently now. And I want to make it very clear here that I never underestimated Morocco in that World Cup. In fact, I knew they would, of course, get past Canada. Come on. But a lot of people now that that is kind of indented in their brain because of what Morocco were not only able to do, but of course, against Canada. There's a very close relationship there um, since the since the World Cup. So I think a lot of Canadians are looking to Morocco. It's also difficult to ignore Egypt and Mohamed Salah. But unfortunately, in Canada, AFCON still isn't that big and that popular. Most of my friends who follow AFCON are either of African descent or maybe one of their favorite players. Mo Salah, a lot of Liverpool fans might head over that way now. But it is still not as big as I would like it to be. So I'm happy to talk about it more because it is, like I mentioned at the top of the show, it's such a fun tournament. And you get to learn so much about these maybe unknown footballers you didn't know before. And just, I love it. I love it. There's so much passion in it. I find it's very similar to Copa America in that sense because there are rivalries. It's political. Like, I love it. So I'm just happy to maybe shed some more light on it in Canada because 
we got to be watching this. Come on. Yeah, definitely. I need to see a lot more from um, UK media companies and talking about African Cup of Nations as well. And Dennis, this is where I'm going to get to um, ask you as well, because um, you're wearing the Ghana shirt today. You're wearing the Black Stars. You're here representing. Um, who are your favourites for the tournament? Are you going to be back in Ghana all the way? Because it's been quite a while since we've seen a very successful Ghana side. Me personally, I remember the 2010 World Cup team with Asamojan and Andre Ayu, Suleiman Tari as well. Hint, hint, Sarah, for our draft later on. But um, I already got him. It's like we're going to have to wait and see. We're going to have to wait and see who gets him. But Dennis, talk to me. How good are Ghana looking so far, especially with Mohamed Kudus, who's been fantastic for West Ham in the Premier League this season? What's your thoughts on Ghana? Thought for Ghana in the past few years, because, I mean, in the last of con, they went out in the group stages, losing out to Comoros. So um, it's been very difficult. They'll be looking to sort of reset, be on a resurgence in terms of recovering their form for the AFCON. But... To my favorite, I think Egypt, of course, are the first favorite. Then the Ibercoats, who are the host nation. Egypt. Also, Here we yes, are, Egypt. Yeah, they are, they are always fit for the AFCON. They always find a way to sort of win and dominate the competition. So I think they are my first favorite. Then there is the Ibercoats also there. Then there is also Senegal, who are the defending champions. They now have a young squad mixing with the squad who were at the AFCON last year. So it's a bit of experience and also youth mixing for Senegal. Then also Morocco. After their performance at the World Cup, I think it's a no-brainer that... Um, yeah, basically, my favourites for this tournament are Senegal, Morocco, and I've got a slight feeling about Ivory Coast being the host nations as well. There's always something about the host nation in West Africa, and I'm really excited to see a few of the younger players coming through as well. There's um, a winger from Brighton, Simon Adingra, who's been very popular this season in the Premier League, having a really good impact for Brighton and under Roberto De Zerbi. He's looking like a real player to watch... Um, at the Ivory, at the Ivory Coast is starting lineup as well, which should be good fun. Are there any players from your point of view, Sarah, that you're really looking forward to seeing on the national stage compared to um, in the club stage, which we've seen a lot of these top ballers about as well? Yeah, I mean, I think you guys brought up one of them, but that is Mohamed Kudus, and I think we all have to be watching him because he's been incredible this season, making the move, and it's one thing to perform at a top. A top club, and I'm going to say West Ham is a top club because they've been fantastic this season. But then to do the same thing for your country, it's the pressure's on, right? But I mean, he's brilliant. And I think we will see him shine in this tournament. Will he win? I can't say, but I think he could be one of the stars to watch for sure. Naturally, you also have to always look out for Mohamed Salah. And especially this season, he has been detrimental in the Premier League. Probably the best player in the Premier League this season so far. We are at the halfway point, so lots of time still. But I think between those two, um, those are probably two people that I'm keeping my eyes on. But with these tournaments, like I was kind of mentioning to Dennis earlier as well, is you learn about so many youngsters. Like, I'm sure we'll be watching and, you know, we might see this youngster from, let's say, Gambia, who knows, kind of emerge. Like, it really is such an educational kind of way of watching football in a sense because you get to learn so much. So, I don't know, maybe by the, the end of the tournament, we'll be talking about some young kid from who knows where. Because we remember at the World Cup when Morocco were doing so well, they had a midfielder called Azadine Nahi, who was fantastic until um, obviously they got knocked out in the semi-finals, And then no one really heard about him because he went off to Marseille. He was a bit part player for Marseille. And then now he's going to be back into the first team with Sofian Amrabat in the midfield for Morocco. So I'm really looking forward to seeing Azadine Nahi back on the international stage, on the biggest of stages as well, to really compete against some of the um, the better talents in, in African football. I think Morocco have got Congo, Tanzania and Zambia in their group as well, which will be a big thing um, for Morocco as well. But 
Uh, before we get into the draft, also have to say thank you very much for Dennis for his little cameo earlier on as well. Absolutely fantastic. Um, what I need to ask you is who are the top three players you're looking at this um, AFCON tournament? It could be the top three best players. It could be players you're interested in watching. Who are the top three that you've got um, on your on your radar, Sarah? Well, I think I'll stick with Mohamed Kudus and Mo Salah. I think you'd be silly not to be watching them. I'm just going through um, the teams again and let's see if they, I get sparked with any of these other players. Like, off the top of my head, those are who I'd watch. Um, you bring up Bonahi and I think that kind of makes me think about Safian Amrabad as well because I think he's in a very similar position to him and that he was immense for Morocco in the World Cup, yet we have barely seen him perform with Manchester United. So what will he be like? Will he be that kind of, you know, figure in the middle holding it down for Morocco again? You know, has he kind of lost his, I don't know, his, uh, his, what's the word I'm looking for? Did he, ha- did he ever have mojo? That's what I'm asking. That's mojo, what I'm yeah. Did he ever have mojo? That's what I'm thinking about. Maybe. I mean, to be fair, like he was really, really incredible at the World Cup. But Definitely. yeah, I do also think in these tournaments, we put so much pressure on these players and it's like a one-two match and you think, oh my God, this is the best player in the world now. <laughs> you have to remember, like, these are, like, the, the players are playing, what, a maximum of seven matches? We need to all relax a little bit. And I always take it back to um, Renato Sanchez for Portugal. Oh, the-, the Euros. What a 20- time to be alive. Yeah, we all thought, this is it. He's the kid. He's going to be the one. And he really never went on to be the one, didn't he, right? And then he went to Swansea, poor guy. He went to <laughs> Bayern Munich, then Swansea on loan. Now is a bit part player at Roma under Jose Mourinho, which is really bad for his career. But that's what international football can do. It can get you to the highest of highs and then take you down to the lowest of lows as well, um, which is ridiculous. Sometimes it works in your favour, like James Rodriguez at the World Cup in 2014. Sometimes it doesn't, but... Um, at the end of the day, there's so much to look forward to with this um, tournament in one. My three plays, I'm going to go through a different route, sorry, because we were talking about this on the group chat earlier this week. I'm looking at Edouard Mendy, Khalidou Koulibaly, and Riyad Mahrez. I'm looking at three players right. who have been playing in Saudi Arabia and how will their fitness be, how will their um, standards be as well compared to what they were like in Premier League football because Koulibaly and Mendy, of course, won... AFCON with Senegal last time out as well. So it's going to be very difficult to see if they're going to raise the bar or if their standards have actually dropped after playing in Saudi Arabia. Because after playing in the Premier League week in, week out and Serie A for Koulibaly week in, week out at the time was when he was playing his playing at Napoli, that's a very big conversation to be having as well. If you're playing in Saudi, are you then resting for international football or yeah. are you really just down-tooling yourself because the country needs you at the end of the day and you may not be the same player you were two, three years ago which would be crazy. For sure. And it's funny that you bring that up because this past week, the rumor mill has been flowing with players not being happy at Saudi in Saudi Arabia, right? Mm. I've heard, I mean, before Neymar was injured, we heard Neymar wasn't happy. It's being said that Benzema's not happy, Jordan Henderson. And it's, it's, it's a very interesting time now because this whole, you know, kind of migration of players that we saw go to, you know, this quite a smaller league than the Premier League, but for all this money. And now it hasn't even been a full season, but they're already talking about wanting to come back. So um, I think it's a great point you bring up because I definitely think fitness could come into play. And you wonder, like, are they going to use this stage to kind of propel themselves back to maybe... Back to European football. 
exactly. Back to another big club as well. And it goes to show as well, like even with, from Mendy's point of view as well, he was the best keeper in the world for a season at Chelsea, winning the Champions League and doing so much for them. And Koulibaly was fantastic at, um, at Napoli. Then we moved to Chelsea and he wasn't great. And then a lot of teams now are just using Saudi Arabia to get rid of their players that are on existential wages as well. But Riyad Mahrez, we've not really heard about him for a good six, seven months, just seeing clips of him in, on, in Saudi Arabia on social media. But for me, one of the best African players I've ever seen in the Premier League as well, which will be something that we'll be getting onto um, now, actually, I would say. I think it's a good segue into, yeah, we've, do, we've, we've done teams to watch. We've done players to watch. We've done Wonder Kids to watch. Um, predicted winners we've kind of done already. Um, yeah, you've done predicted winners, haven't you, Sarah? Who are you predicting to win? How about with you? With me, um, I said Senegal first, then Morocco, then Ivory Coast. Um, Senegal, Morocco, Ivory Coast are your top three. I'll go um, Senegal, Egypt, Ivory Coast. Egypt Hello. Yeah, yeah. on here as well. Something about that guy, you know, just something about him. I think he'll get the one up against Morocco. I'm, I'm a bit worried about Morocco, actually, I'll be honest. It's because he celebrates Christmas and Eid at the same time. That doesn't make sense to me at all. What is Mohamed Salah doing? Crazy guy. Um, but yeah, segue into um, yeah, segue into our draft now as well, which is great fun as well. But before we get into our draft, Sarah, I'm going to have a conversation with you because you have been doing amazing work on Room 442 and your social media posts are going absolutely everywhere, which is fantastic. I believe you have something for us and for the audience as well. We won't reveal it, but we'll clip it as well. So um, this is a who are you, a career path, isn't it, that you've got in store for us? It is. I completely forgot. I'm just opening up my doc if you'll stick with me. So I do have a career path because I find that they're so fun. And as I've done more and more of them for like the guest, the footballer for Room 442, I find it actually does help you as a football analyst, someone working in football media. You kind of remember, oh, my God, yeah, this person played at this team. So it's good fun and you learn something and yeah, I'm going to give you which I, one that I think is maybe easier. And if you do well, I'll bring another one. How's nice that? I'm ready for it. Audience at home listening. I hope you're ready for it as well. Something brand new for the podcast for this year. Let's hear it, Sarah. Where are we going with this? All righty. Okay. Career path of this player starting off at Mets. Ooh. Then going to Monaco. Oh, no. Arsenal, Manchester City. At Manchester City, they went on loan to Real Madrid. They also then went on loan to Tottenham Hotspur, but then signed with Spurs. After that, they went to Crystal Palace, Istanbul, Basakashir, Kayseri Spor, Olympia, and Sernasi. Excellent. If you guys know who it is already, like I do, make sure yeah. you leave a comment on the, on the YouTube or on Instagram as well. But this is a player who was fantastic in the Premier League. He had a very big impact in the Premier League. A very fun player to watch as well. Um, the, the clip would end here, I would say. But yeah, Emmanuel Adibayor, I'd go for him. Hey, yeah, he was great. He has a great career path too because he's been all over the place. But those jumps, you know, the Monaco, the Arsenal, the Man City, Real, it is a bit easier to, uh, to guess who that is. Nah, it's good to hear. So it's a good one as well. But yeah, looking forward to seeing what our audience think of our career paths going forward, which would be great. I'm going to give you one more. It's a bit tougher. Go and for then it. You- see. 
All right. Um, here we go. Another footballer starting off at Lille, Ooh. going to Sedan, PSG, Ooh. going on loan to Montpellier, Birmingham City, Portsmouth, back to Sedan, and then finishing their career at Nîmes. Portsmouth. Yeah, Portsmouth. Portsmouth and Birmingham. Ooh, this is very, very this, difficult. This is a tough one. Say Papa Buba Diop. It's not, but that's a really good shout, to be fair. That is great. You're oh, you're in the right, you're in the right area, actually. Can't be is it Buba Diop? Can't be Benjani, can it? No. Benjani played at Man City, so it can't be Benjani either. I'll, I'll give you a clue. They are of the same descent of Papa Buba Diop. Oh, this is difficult. Very, <laughs> very difficult. Oh no. It's just something that I have to wait for later on down the line. If I can think about it later down the line. That's a really good one, though. Good. I'm happy. <laughs> no, it got me really gassed with the really with the Adibayo one. And then now with this Portsmouth one, it's very, very <laughs> difficult. But maybe I'll figure out later on the podcast. And I'm sure our listeners and our viewers will know a bit more about this player than I will, which would be good fun. But yes, our listeners are finally at the time of the podcast where we're actually getting ready for our all-time African draft. And this is going to be so difficult, even more difficult now because there's only two of us. But again, 4-4-2 formations, wild cards as we normally do. Um, yeah, I'm ready for it. I mean, the guys are not here, so they're going to have to play along at home. And like everyone else, they'll have to play along at home. Um, but by all means, Sarah, let's begin our all-time African draft. And as you know, the drill... Wild card first, where you go in with this one and why? You know what? I think you should pick the wild card first because you're always giving them out. Oh, no, I, I lost on the thing on the app. So I oh, I always do that thing on the app. Where, set it up. I thought um, you were just light and letting us go first. Spin the wheel. So I've been losing on spin the wheel. But I'll take it. I'll happily take it. I'll take it. Thank yeah, you very much. You because like I feel like the last three drafts you've gone last, so let's uh every let's... single draft I've I've been last. Sorry, right, don't do this well, to me. I'm, thought... I'm always last. Oh no! I thought it wasn't a wheel because I was like, so <laughs> the wheel just doesn't like me at all. It's crazy. Um, if I have to go for a player anywhere on the pitch, um, for a wild card, I'm gonna have to go for someone who has played for your team, who has worn oh. that badge, and who has represented his nation to some amazing degree. He is very, very passionate about African football. He even predicted Morocco would get to the World Cup semi-final in 2022. I'm going for the one, the only, one of the greatest African players of all time that I've definitely seen, Samuel Eto'o. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Talk to yeah. me about Samuel Eto'o, Sarah, being a Barcelona fan. What did he mean to you growing up, watching Samuel Eto'o kill it year in, year out, and especially... For me, break my heart in 2009 when he scored a goal against Manchester United in the Champions League final. I mean, I think it might be fair to say that Samuel Eto'o is the best African footballer that has maybe ever played. I, Sam- I've, 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 I've hung my hat on this one before. I really think he definitely is. The accolades has won, the goals that he scored, the moments he's had in football. It's incredible to see what Samuel Eto'o has done and the clubs that he's played for as well. I was about to say where he's played, he's done it everywhere and it's really fantastic. I mean, yeah, I remember that Barca team was kind of like when I really was starting to get into football and like actually understanding it when he was there and he was just such a miraculous player. The abilities he has and I do think it's really important that he 
is of African descent because we don't see them necessarily shining as bright as they can. I agree. And I'm not like, getting hyped up as well in the media as well. Enough. Exactly, exactly. But Samuel Atoe was a superstar. He really was. And yeah, he was he was everything. He just so talented and the strikes, oh my goodness. And yeah, we've seen what he's done with Cameroon too. Like, I mean, there hasn't been a Cameroonian side that good since he's left. What does that tell you? Yeah, it's the fact that he could play as a striker, but I still remember the time when he was at Inter Milan and he played as a right midfielder, right winger, sorry, I should say, and he had a different type of role, not being the main man at the team um, because Jose Mourinho was the main man at Inter Milan at the time and he won back-to-back Champions League. Do you know how cold you have to be, sorry, to win back-to-back Champions League with two different teams? Barcelona in 2009... Inter Milan in 2010. That's crazy talent from Samuel Eto'o right there as well. Under two different ideologies of manager, Pep Guardiola and Jose Mourinho. That's incredible stuff. Um, But yeah, thank you very much for letting me go first. I've never had this this pleasure (laughs) of going first on on drafts as well. So I'm really excited about this one. Samuel Eto'o is my first choice and my one of two Cameroonian picks. Where are you going for your wildcard, Sarah? Well, I mean, Samuel Eto'o was up there for my first pick. But since you've taken him, I'll also go for another African player who did happen to play for this club right here. And oh, that no. Is Yaya Toure. Oh, no. You've done it. I've done it. You've I done mean, it. Surely, surely after you picked Eto'o that you must have known I was going right here. Uh, was- I, was, I, was, I was hoping you'd have, st- you'd have stuck with a striker with the 4-4-2 formation. But now that's going to be a big climax later on to see who's actually going to get some of these amazing strikers but Yaya Torre we've spoken about him glowingly in the past as well the fact that he was an amazing midfielder one of the best midfielders I've ever seen in the Premier League as well at Manchester City and for the Ivory Coast who's had some amazing teammates for the Ivory Coast as well but um, Yaya Torre at the Ivory like at Ivory Coast sorry was different gravy I don't want to name all the players right now because we are in the middle of a draft but you could be helping me out there by naming some of the players I'm you're you're thinking very wisely there Sarah which is good to see yeah no that Ivory Coast team was different they were constantly competing in international tournament tournaments and yeah maybe they may have not been winning them but the fact that they were consistently in and out of these tournaments giving these massive sides problems and like they were regarded as maybe the best nation, I mean, I'll, I will obviously say Didier Drogba as well. I'm sure that's not, you know, I'm not giving anything away there with him. But no spoilers I mean, there. Yeah, yeah. I, I, like they were just everyone. I remember Afcon came around, World Cup came around, and you were like, you know, Ivory Coast is going to be there. You know, they're gonna they're gonna do something. That was different, and we haven't. I mean, this Ivory Coast team now, maybe heading maybe. into Afcon, maybe for the first time in a while. So. It's kind of great to see the generation take that shift. But yeah, Yaya Toure, I mean, every team he played on, this guy was incredible. I mean, really just like the structure of a midfield. And that's kind of why I went for him too, because I thought, you know what? If I have a good central midfielder, everything should go as according to plan. I'm sure it won't, but that's the hope I can have. It's a good vibe you're going for as well. Like, I, I like to see Yaya Torre in any team and in a dream team as well. But for African, all-time African 11, he may be the best African midfielder we've ever seen. We never know, but a lot of people definitely agree with me on that one as well. Great shout there. Oh, this is where we get a bit tactical um, on this one as well. For goalkeepers, first choice for me, should I risk it? I am going to definitely risk it. I'm going to risk it because I know 
no, 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 I'm not going to risk it because that's a stupid pick to have. I'm going to go for the safe option. I'm going to go for Yassin Bonu, Bono okay. from Morocco. Okay. So Bonu, World Cup heroics, penalty shootout heroics in the 2022 World Cup. One of my two Moroccan picks. I was thinking of a certain goalkeeper who's been very good, but also been very bad. And I'm like, I, I need some stability at the back. And I think Yassin Bonu, fantastic keeper for Sevilla, amazing goalkeeper for Morocco. Another keeper who went off to Saudi Arabia, no, but is actually playing football is actually enjoying himself there as well so yeah Yasin Bonu is one of my two Moroccan picks from uh, my hometown Montreal hello could have been playing for Canada but he made a good choice there <laughs> he deceived you he deceived yeah, you there that's insane no, he, he's great I was really sad though when he went to Saudi Arabia I will say because I do think that I mean keepers we know have a bit of a prolonged life in football obviously not running nearly as much as um players playing outfield but I thought he had so much time still left. And uh, we've also seen how Sevilla have absolutely crumbled for several reasons. They lost so many players, but he was definitely one that was extremely important to them. So, I mean, I'm happy, like he's happy in Saudi Arabia, but I think he could have gone on and still played five more years at top level football. I agree. I agree. Because it's one of those things where you're looking at some of these players. When you're leaving Sevilla and you won the Europa League, like why would you want to then move for? money but again it's each to their own at the end of the day and we've discussed this before as well it's crazy to see some of these players go off and go off into the football wilderness really when you think about it but um it is what it is but bono uh world cup hero saved crucial penalties against spain um in the world cup did very very well against portugal in that quarterfinals and very 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 good as well against france when they lost in the semi-finals as well respectively so shout out to bono you are my keeper um for this one who's your keeper sarah well since you've taken Bonham, I'm actually going to go with Esam El Hadari. It's just man in the back. Um, maybe considered one of the best African keepers of all time, mm. but older generation. And although he didn't do much in Europe, in fact, nothing at all. And so I think that's why maybe some people don't know who he is. He was kind of, I think, maybe one of the first initial players to put Egypt on the map. This was way before Mo Salah. He was the guy and uh, he won everything domestically for Egypt. But I think I'm happy to put him back there because you know, he has, he has the nerve. He was, uh, he was, yeah, incredible. I like him. I think he's a fantastic keeper. And it's someone where he was in the golden era of Egyptian football as well. So Really good shout there as well. Put him in, in into your team. And one of your Egyptian picks as well. So really good shout there um, as well. All right. What are, we, what are we on now? Is it me? Right back. So it's your first choice. Right back. All right. Let me go back to my... Ooh! You've got a few here. You've got a few here. I have a few, but I'm going to ch- choose. Oh, dude. No. Why? Let's all think about it. Ashraf Hakimi. Great pick. Great I, I pick. I know there's a few. I have a few written down here as well. But I think Hakimi has to be the pick here. Um, we've seen what he can do. He flies up that wing. He comes back to defend. He's he's brilliant. I do want him to leave PSG and flourish somewhere else. But we've seen his, uh, his skill at PSG and, of course, at Morocco. I mean, really a leader for that side too. And brilliant, brilliant player. Fantastic right back as well. Could be one of the best right backs in the world if he were to move to a bigger team, in my opinion, as well. I think he's got so much about him and he's such a leader um, for Morocco as well. And that 
ridiculous celebration after you scored in the penalty shootout at the World Cup doing that penguin celebration could never <laughs> be me but he had ice in his veins when he scored as well yeah. which is crazy but yeah great pick for Ashraf Hakimi I'm going a bit old school for this one for my right back and I am using my second Cameroonian pick on Loren yeah Loren Arsenal invincible tough as nails at the back very underrated as a defender for Arsenal and again someone who was a proper leader at the back as well and is part of that invincible side for Arsenal when he was in the 2002 World Cup for, um, team for Cameroon as well. Fantastic player. And again, he played with Samuel Eto'o. So Loren is my right back for me. Arsenal fans don't hate me for leaving a few other Arsenal players out, but I'm very happy with Loren as one of my few Arsenal players in this team. Great Perfect. Uh, first choice centre back for me. If I have to go for anyone... I'm going to go for a tactical pick here, Sarah. So I don't think you will mind this one very much because I can't pick Cameroon and there's a very, very, very good few Cameroonian centre-backs in here. So I can't pick any of these Cameroonian centre-backs. I am going for um, a centre-back called Kailidou Koulibaly. Koulibaly! Koulibaly is my boy um, from Senegal and it's all hit and miss right now for him in Saudi Arabia. But he was very much hitting every single target when he was playing for Senegal at the AFCON in 2022, if I remember correctly. Fantastic player, fantastic leader for the, for the nation. And for me personally, I really enjoyed the fact that Khalidou Koulibaly grew up playing youth football for France and then he transitioned to Senegal as well. Normally it's the other way around because they want to get into the European teams and have a bit more glory. But Koulibaly stuck to his African roots. Very proud of what he did for his nation as well. Again, he's off in Saudi Arabia, but I'm quite happy to have him in my team at the back as well. It's looking good so far. Who's your first choice centre-back? I have to... I, I don't know yet. I, I, no I, way. No way. You you need... you. If you don't pick this Cameroonian centre-back, that's going to be crazy. We can't not have... We, we both can't not have this be, this player in, in our team. I have one Cameroonian Ooh. in my... In my Wait, no. In my, in my defence. So I'm just... It's I okay. Know, now I'm trying to, sorry, I, it gets you because now I'm like, do I take away all of my Ivory Coast players just like that? Do no. I do? No, do you I can't have... do that. You can't do that. I don't think I should. I don't think you, I should. You, you can't, but you can. Like for me, you can, but for, for you, you can't do that. You've used one already. I know. That's why. And there's, well, there's a man up front we might try and get. <laughs> Even one on the wing as well for Ivory Coast. But Oh, there's so many. There are so many. Um, I, uh... Okay, I think I will. I'm going with a Cameroonian, but I don't know if this is the one you want or this is the one that you're referencing. But I'm going with Joel Matip. No, oh, great shout. Is one of the is one of the ones I was recommending to you. So great shout there with Joel Matip, Champions League winner with Liverpool, Premier League winner with Liverpool as well. Free transfer for Liverpool, Joel Matip was as well. One of the best signings that Jurgen Klopp has ever made at Liverpool. One of the best underrated players I've ever seen in the Premier League. If that even makes sense, one of the most underrated players I've seen in the Premier League recently as well. And Jürgen Klopp has a thing with centre-backs. Kunate's doing fantastic right now. Van Dijk, we all know how amazing he's been for Liverpool. But Joel Matip has been a rock for Liverpool and for Cameroon as well, respectively. So great shout there. And I'm really glad that you picked him because I couldn't pick him. I couldn't pick him at all. So Okay, I'm happy. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's all, we're what, four four picks in and I'm already starting to stress about the two-player uh, two per nation rule. So that's we need great. we need four players per nation or something. This is so difficult. Even with the two of us, if Dennis was still here, he'd be literally wiping the floor with us as well. But uh, oh, again, sure. Dennis had to leave due to technical reasons. But um, yeah, second choice centre back. Where are you going with this one, and uh, why? 
No, it has to get tactical, guys. It has to get tactical. I think I'm going to go and take a Moroccan pick and go with Roman Saiz. That's your two Morocco picks done. Done and dusted. Hakimi oh, and... I forgot I, I had Hakimi. I'm Hakimi kind of okay is... with... you know what? I'm kind of okay with this, though. I'm, you sure? I am very sure. The up... Yeah, I think... I think I'll be okay. This might come and bite me in the in the behind, but I think I'll be okay. Yeah, listen, I noticed, I'll be quite honest with you. After, you know, you made a draft for us, I did a bunch of research. I'm looking at players and I realized Africans love to play up front. They absolutely, I found there were so many more attacking players than defenders. And there are still some great defenders. And that's what I mean, there's 4 4 2 as well. It's like we need to have more attackers in this team than one striker. But you're, um, you're absolutely right. You're looking at some of these players and you're like, yeah, they shouldn't be playing football, but they're good at defending and they need them for their country as well. And oh. listen, Saiz was amazing in the World Cup. We have to give him mm. his flowers. He went out injured, but you saw him literally give everything on that pitch, die for the badge. And literally it was to the point where he actually just like kind of collapsed and was like, I, I can't do anymore. But you saw him wanting to fight. That's the kind of player you want in the defense. I'm happy to take him. And you know, the, the Moroccan... Um, camaraderie between him and Hakimi sounds like it'll work out nice. What I like about Roman Saiz as well, and I pro- it could happen with a lot of African players, but he was one of the first African players in the Premier League to be fasting whilst he was playing. So he's he celebrating Ramadan, he was fasting, playing football at the same time. That's crazy levels from what I've seen as well. It's an absolutely insane um, yeah. choice to go for as well. So yeah, Roman Saiz is a fantastic centre-back for you to go for. Um I'm now going for a centre back because I've not picked an Ivory Coast player. Aha, uh-huh, here we go. I think I've got to go for it. No, I don't have to go for him, but I will. I will. It'd be silly not for me to for me not to put him in. Um, Colo Torre. I'm going to go for Colo Torre. You've gone for Yaya. I've gone for Colo. I've separated the brothers because, um, yeah, we we both both of our teams need to be doing the Yaya, 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 Colo Torre. Well. we both need to be doing it from both sides when we're playing against each other fantastic player i remember at school once or at work wherever i was i was saying oh Colo toy is not that good is he and then someone who was not very interested in football then schooled me and educated me they were like, hang on he's an invincible won the first premier league with man city done really well with liverpool got them into second position as well it was fantastic at the ivory coast as well getting them into numerous tournaments including the world cup in 2010 Colo Torre is a pretty good player. I'm like, you know what? You've convinced me. He is a really good player. And he had a long, he had the longevity he had as well, just like Yaya Torre, to play consistent top-level football is insane. And there's a story once about Colo Torre as well. I think Arsene Wenger said it, that he came in as a trialist and he injured like two or three of their first-team players and he ended up getting signed because he was so passionate about literally playing football with some of the best players in the country that were at Arsenal at the time as well. So Colo Torre and Kylie Dukulibali, um, they are my centre-back partners at the moment, which is good fun indeed. Uh, first choice left-back for me, I'm off to South Africa. I'm off to South Africa for this one. And I'm... Sarah clapped there. like She's like, oh, good. I don't know if she knows that she's got a really good left-back coming up, but I've got a good left-back coming up in myself. Um, former Manchester United player. He's a utility player. Um, Quinton Fortune. I'm picking Quinton Fortune in my team. 
Someone who Roy Keane said, if you ever made a Man United five-a-side, Quinton Fortune would be in my team due to the dedication, the hard work and the commitment he offered as a Manchester United player. He scored five goals in his Premier League career at Manchester United, played predominantly as a left-back, left midfielder and a centre midfielder. But being a utility player, Quinton Fortune could really do it all. I remember him scoring a goal against Porto away in the Champions League. And I thought, OK, this guy's pretty good and is really comfortable. But played at Atletico Madrid. And for me personally, I like Trailblazers. He's one of the first South African players in the Premier League that was at a top level consistently year in, year out. And he had a stint at Atletico Madrid before coming to Manchester United. So Quinton Fortune, you're always going to be a cult hero of mine and you're definitely going to make it into my team um, for Manchester United's um, all-time African eleven. Probably one of Africa. Probably Quinton Fortune might actually be one of Man United's best ever, best ever African players. It might sound silly saying, saying that, but when I'm looking at all the African players that's played for Man United, it's not far-fetched to think Quinton Fortune's one of our best ever because Sir Alex Ferguson never really signed well from Africa. And since then, I mean, Andre Onana, like, come on, he's not doing anything. Amrabat, not doing anything. But Quinton Fortune, I think he might be. 83 Premier League appearances, five goals, four assists, two goals in the Champions League as well. Fantastic player. Shout out, Quinton Fortune. You are my guy at left back. I love that you got a South Africa shout in there because I think they need it. I don't know if I'm going to get to a player from there as well. I don't know if you have any Mind more. games. So, I, well, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? And my left back is going to be Jeffrey Kondogbia. And I am... This, this Kondogbia, Kondogbia is French, isn't he? He's played for both. Oh, it counts. This is, I'll be honest, this is a tactical move here because he is the captain of the Central African Republic national team. And you know, I'm not picking anyone else from there. So this allows me now to use some of my other nations further up the pitch. But listen, I will be honest, Condogbia, massive player in Spain, club football, been all over the gaff, Atletico Madrid, Sevilla, Valencia. He's played at Inter Milan. He has done it all. And but I'm has thinking, he played at left back? That's what I'm thinking. Has he played there? I believe I he has played at left back. I don't think he has. I think he's only been a centre midfielder or a defensive midfielder. Do this. I don't me. think he's I don't think he's played at fullback at all, Jeffrey Kondogbia. Primarily think, defensive midfielder. He can also play as a central back, a centre back or a left back. Hmm. No, nah, not played at left back. And he hasn't played left back for Central American Repu- African Republic as well. We're struggling with that name. <laughs> yeah, we are. We need we need the acronym as well. Central Africa. Let's call it Central Africa. They didn't make the Afcon this time around, but maybe next time. C A R. But yeah, Kondogbia definitely hasn't played left back, so you're gonna have to find someone else. Sarah. Are you sure? Because I'm seeing that he says he can play left back. He's also left footed. He's left footed, but. But I'm seeing that he can. Are you just looking on Wikipedia? Because Wikipedia is editing. No, I'm you know looking that. other places too. I'm trying to. I'm just. This is the best part of the pod where we're trying to figure out where the players are even Transfer playing. Market, my good friend Transfer Market, says defensive midfielder, centre mid. Football Critic says centre midfielder and defensive mid um, wow. as well. I'm not going to go into it. FIFA have said centre mid and defensive mid as well. We've been a left for two. Oh. All right, so, fine. It's just fine. Wikipedia that's doing it. Um, Put you out there. No, it's fine. It's fine because now I have to use... One of my Ghana picks. No, not not already. Surely not. I have to. Oh, I no. have. I th- uh, there's someone uh, uh, that uh, played in the defense for African countries. It's um, crazy. It's absolutely I'm crazy. Plus, also, there's a good Moroccan that plays there. Can't use him. So I am going with Asamoah. 
no, don't do this to me. Come on. Why? Kwanzaa Asamoa, the yes. former Juventus player. Yes. Oh, God's sake, man. Why? Is this, you wanted him? Okay. I, need, I, I had him. He was one of my Ghana picks. Oh, that's crazy. That's absolutely crazy. Great I mean, pick. Great he, pick. Fantastic no, he, player. It's nothing against him. I'm happy to have him, but there are so many Ghanaians that I also want as well. So it's just going to be a struggle for me. But I mean, he will solidify this defense, no doubt. And uh, yeah, he's an absolute superstar. So maybe this all worked out. Sorry, Kondogbia, but maybe it did all work out for the best. <laughs> maybe it did. You never know. Um, now we're off to right midfield. Uh, my first choice as well. Um, right mid for me. Oh, this is tricky. This is very difficult. Nah, let's not mess about. I'm not messing about at all. I can't mess about because I no. need to. I need to play the game. I need to play the game. I don't even like the fact that Mohammed Salah celebrates Christmas and he celebrates Eid. It's a crazy thing to see him do and to like advertise random things as well. Very odd. But Mohammed Salah, you're in the team, my friend. You're on the right midfield for me um, as well. One of my few Egyptian picks as well. And an amazing kit, by the way. Great pick. Great kit. Great player. Um, doesn't fit me actually, but yeah, but Mohamed like Salah's. On the right wing here to push up, basically, because I was going to play him if I had him in my formation as the right striker. Yeah, I play him right mid. Okay. Right mid because it'd be more of a winger. Um, I think with with strikers as well, I'm focusing purely on number nines for this one as well. So okay, um, fair, fair, fair Mohamed Salah for this one. Now, question to you, Sarah. Here's a big question to you. If Mohamed Salah wins AFCON 2024, will he then be considered one of the greatest African players of all time or will he be in the top three African players of all time? What do you think? He's already in the conversation to be one of the greatest African players of all time. Are you sure? Because you've got Didier Drogba, Yaya Toure, George Weah, the only African player to win a Ballon d'Or, Samuel Eto'o, of course, as well. Do you think Mohamed Salah will eclipse them? Eclipse them? Will, will he get higher than them? What do you think? Um, I mean, he might not be on that level yet, but he's... He's still playing football, but I think he's going down in history regardless. When you think of Egyptian football, you will think of Mo Salah. When you think of Liverpool, you'll think of Mo Salah. Like, he is one of the best African players we've seen, just because he might not be top five. If you're top ten, you're still laughing. Like, we have to think about this is not just a country. This is an entire continent that has several superstars coming out of it. So I think, yeah, I mean, if he wins, he might go down as one of the top five best. But I think the fact that he's top 10 for sure is an absolute achievement already for him. Do you remember when Mohamed Salah scored that last minute penalty to get Egypt to the 2018 World Cup? That was crazy scenes as well. Um, As well, ridiculous player. Again, don't don't, don't like the fact that he celebrates Christmas and Eid. Odd guy you are, Mohamed Salah. But it is what it is, my friend. You're in my team and I'm very happy I've got your shirt as well. Um, First choice right midfielder for you. Or are you playing with four centre midfielders? How are you doing this? There's a flat... I don't know. You've thrown me off now. I've, I'm all over the place. I'm kind of looking you at... You were saying that African players are mostly predominantly attacking as well. So you've got to try and figure out a lot of attacking, attacking players in as well. So if we're going to go on the right, can I then tush play on the wing and put Riyad Mahrez? Yeah, of course. Mahrez is cold. Great oh. pick. Great oh. pick, Riyad Mahrez. I had him going up... For, yeah, I screwed up my... my um, my formation here, but it's fine. It'll work out because I've got Riyad Mahrez and we've seen how much City miss him this season so far. He's so... How much the Premier League misses Riyad Mahrez? Go in my days. That's crazy. I, I'm a Man United fan and I miss watching Riyad Mahrez on a weekly basis. I don't want to yeah. say that out loud, but I need to say it because he's so good as a footballer. 
uh, Riyad Mahrez as well. Integral to their um, treble winning team last season as well. And everyone's getting that gassed about Jeremy Doku, but Mahrez was doing all of this for years and we just don't see dribblers like that anymore in the Premier League. And it's really, really insulting. That's why we have to watch football abroad to watch proper dribblers on the wing as well. But what's your kind of favourite memory of Riyad Mahrez rather in the Premier League or for Algeria or wherever he is really, I would say, Sarah? Oh, favourite memory is tough. I don't know if I have a specific one, but I think... What Leicester I was... for me. Leicester's huge. Mm. Leicester's huge. Um, I think the thing is with Riyad Mahrez is when he kind of came into his own at Manchester City, he was forgotten about in a sense because you're comparing him on a city team with so many stars that I think he was a player that kind of got forgotten but now that he's gone like you mentioned you feel that void you for sure feel his presence gone but when you're playing alongside the likes of Sergio Aguero, David Silva, Fernandinho, company, like we're talking about a star-studded side and it still is to be fair that I think Mara's got forgotten a bit but yeah, no, miss him a lot. And uh I you know the face of Algerian football as well. Good for him. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a tough tournament for them, but I think uh I think he'll shine. Yeah, I think Riyad Mahrez will be back to his best. I hope so as well, because the world needs to see Riyad Mahrez back to his best at AFCON as well. Not just Algeria need him, but football needs to see Riyad Mahrez back after his tenure in Saudi Arabia. I I don't know how it's going in Saudi Arabia, but we want to see some of the best players in African football shine as much as possible. So I'm looking forward to seeing what will happen there. Right, because you've got Yaya Toure in your midfield, I'll then pick my first choice centre midfielder. Um... It's looking very difficult for me. It is actually looking very difficult for me because I don't want to overuse a country. So I'm going to have to go for a country I've not picked yet. Um, I'm going for Ghana. I'm going for a player who was absolutely fantastic at Leon back in the day. He then moved over to Chelsea and played in one of the best defensive teams we've ever seen in the Premier League. He had a midfield trio out of Cloud McAuley and Frank Lampard. And um, he ended up playing in a quarter of, uh, yeah, John Obi Mikel, Michael Ballack, Lampard. I'm going for someone who scored one of the best goals that you'll ever see in the Premier League. I'm going for someone who is injury prone, but also very, very good as a centre defensive midfielder. Michael Essien. Welcome to the team, my friend. Welcome, Michael. Welcome. Yeah, that had to be your choice. That had to absolutely be your choice. (laughs) I I couldn't leave him out because if you had Essien and Yaya Toure, it's GG. It's game over. But for a lot of... Sorry, you were saying... No, I was going to say he was my first choice in that position there after Yaya. So good, yeah. good on you. I mean, with, with Michael Essien as well, the fact that he scored one of the most amazing goals in the Premier League against Arsenal uh, back in around 2006-2007. But what I really liked about Michael Essien was the fact that he was consistent in his game. He was a proper 7 out of 10 player every single game. He could score worldies, he could tackle, he could hold the game up. And he's a really good player where you're looking at someone like N'Golo Kante or you're looking at someone like uh, Rodri, for example, who would just get in there, get stuck in, but Essien could control the game as well as possible because he was a fantastic midfielder. And for someone who was so good for Ghana as well, getting to the round of 16 against Uruguay, you expected more from um, Michael Essien and you actually got more from Michael Essien, which is great to see um, as well, respectively. But yeah, again, another Man United opposition player, another op in my team. I've gone for Liverpool players, Arsenal players and Chelsea players. So um, forgive me, Man United fans, but I'm going for Michael Essien in my first choice sense midfielder. Um, but Sarah, this is the question that everyone wants to know. Who is partnering Yaya Torre in your midfield? Because you've got Mares, Yaya Torre. Who's your who's your third midfielder in this one? Where are you going with this? 
I think it would be a disservice to African football if we didn't say his name. You've mentioned him already. But he might be also one of the best African footballers that have ever played. And it's going to have to be George Weah. George Weah never played centre mid. What? He's a striker. All right. I've clearly not done my homework because I've had... I I went through these players. This is ridiculous. Mm, Absolutely ridiculous. It's insane. Yeah, okay. George Way was a striker. Ballon d'Or winner. That's so poor of me. I can't even find him. Did you, if you search him, the president of Liberia comes up. Or... Yeah, he is, he is the president of Liberia. That's how cold he was as a footballer. He won the Ballon d'Or, played for AC Milan, played for Chelsea, made this for Mar- Marseille, and then this he went is... to become a president of a country. Oh, you should clip this. This is poor of me that I didn't even know that this guy was out here being a whole president of a country. Flip, I'll, flip, I'll flip the scripts on this one. If you had to name a player who would then retire and then become a president of a country, from any country in football, who would it be and why, from modern day? Who could you actually see getting into politics and actually being the president of a country? Oh, who could, I feel? I feel like Zizou could be the president of France, you know? <laughs> days. Imagine president of... We'd, all, we'd become French. <laughs> get my citizenship. I'd start like in Paris again. It'd be crazy. If like, oh, yes, let me go every year now insane but yeah George Weyer, um yeah just to confirm I've, I've looked on a few places but he has played as a left winger or a striker at the president of Liberia clicking that because I didn't realize four of me but that's all right because we still have a ton of players to play that I can play and let me just I think I'm gonna go to Nigeria oh oh dear it's gonna be John Obi Mikel Ah, uh, don't mind it. John Mikel is a very good player. Yeah. Top player at I, Chelsea. Just, um, it's kind of getting to a point now where I'm looking at my central mids, I'm looking at where they play, and uh, do you know what's crazy? Is that I still don't have a Senegalese player on my team. Oh, no. This is leading up to it as well. I, I've got a few Senegalese centre midfielders I could pick, but there's a player that I wanted to pick, but it's going to be very difficult to have him in the team. I think I can have him in the team. It's a bit of a leeway. It's a Nigerian player. He played as a right midfielder, centre attacking midfielder, and a striker. But because we're playing four four two, I need two strikers. So um, it can't be it can't be that. So you know what? Because we can't put him in, I'm going to throw him out as a shout out. So whoever's listening, I do apologise, but we can't actually put JJ Okocha. Um, in this list, in this draft as well, because he played as predominantly a right midfielder and we both use our right midfielders. So um, shout out JJ Okocha, but unfortunately you can't make it into this team. And there's no such formation as a 4-3-1-2 that actually is a 4-4-2. Mm-hmm. That's just the technicalities. And I'm not going to cheat on this draft as well. I'm never going to be cheating on this one. So JJ Okocha, sorry, um, but you're going to have to leave it for this one as well. Um, yeah, if I'm going for a centre defensive midfielder or just a centre midfielder in my team, I'm going to go for a midfielder who I've been very impressed with going forward. And I think I have to go for him because I think it's more of a personal choice um, for me. Azadine Nahi, the unsung hero for Morocco in the 2022 World Cup, got them into the semi-final. So Unahi is my guy. And I think it was absolutely fantastic. And he just had no... He had, he had so much stamina. He had no way of slowing down, playing 120 minutes, two games in a row. Um, Port- no, not Portugal. Yeah, it was the Spain one, and then, well, actually, 
that's a lie. He played 120 minutes and he played 90 minutes and he played 90 minutes, but he played every single minute for uh, Morocco in the in knockout stages. And I think he's a fantastic player. And if I can't have a Moroccan player in my team um, from the very historic 2022 World Cup semifinals, I would be fooling myself because that is officially the greatest African team to ever play in the World Cup. And you've picked two Moroccan players. I've now picked two Moroccan players. Um, yeah. And we missed out some of their better players as well. Sorry, Hakim Ziyech, but you can't make the team. But anyone as well. Again, a right midfielder. But Azadinu Nahi making it into my team as well. I need someone to keep up with Yaya Toure in my team. Love. Love that. Yeah. It's interesting now because I'm realizing, yeah, that like I we both have two Moroccans and we both might not have two of, let's say, they're Senegalese or Guinean or Ivory from the uh, Ivorian. That's how Ivorian, yeah. Right, so this is where um, it gets a bit tricky because there's a left midfielder. There's a left midfielder for me to pick. There's two strikers for you to pick. So technically, yeah, technically you have to go first for this one because you've got left mid, then I've got left mid striker, then you've got two your strikers to go for as well. So um, yeah, left winger, where are you going with this one, Sarah? By the way, Asamoah could have played left mid for you as well. That's crazy. Yeah, left mid for Juventus. Oh, I don't know what I want to do here. This is tricky. This is tricky, tricky. Um, you've got this. You've got this. You've got this. There's a there's a lot to choose from. Well, I think I might choose a player that is from a nation that we haven't given any love to yet. Don't do this. I think I'm doing it. No, Molly. <laughs> Why? Diara. Yeah, Mohamedou Diara played as a centre defensive mid, Sarah. What is going on? He did not play as a winger. He did not play as a winger. I'm done. I'm done. Where are you getting your research from? I need to send you some books or something. Because I was purposefully looking like I have, you should see my doc. I have left mid and then I have the players, central mid, central mid, right mid. I was looking at where these players play. Mohamed Diara, are you joking? Oh, you thought I was going to say what? Seydou Keita. Even Seydou Keita, center midfielder, defensive midfielder. They do played on the left for Barcelona. Don't even at me with that. Uh, I mean, he played a couple times left wing, but four three three. That's the thing. This this formation is forcing, like, it's more of a left sense. Left sense. I don't. I don't. I don't mind it. But if you want to go for, are you sure you want to go for Sadio Keita left mid? No, no, no. I don't. I don't. I don't. That's good. That's good. That's good. I wanted to make sure. I thought that you thought because I said Molly and you freaked out. Um, I'm still looking up. Diara over here because I am absolutely losing my marbles. Mm, this is going to be good. Why? Because there's two nations that you can pick that you've only picked one play one player from as well, which is good to see. Yeah, Ivory Coast. Maybe get a Senegalese. Maybe get a Guinean. Ivory Coast is a good shout though. Oh gosh. Even Algeria. Algeria got a few. Tunisia's got a few. South Africa even. Oh, Cameroon. Cameroon have got a few. Nigeria yeah. well, too. This is where you could put this is where you could put Muntari, who we shouted at the beginning, who wasn't in your um in your list, by the way. And I was thinking, oh dear. I went for SEN instead. So I was like, I have to pick one of the Ghanaians just in case I need a Ghanaian striker later on as well. Um but yeah, where are we going, Sarah, for this one? Um, oh, I don't know. I've kind of lost the whole plot here. I'm just trying to re uh, realign myself because, like, oh, I don't know. Oh, do I could put him? If this formation is killing me, really. 
support. It's it's, a, it's an old fashioned formation, I should say. Yeah, four, four, I don't hate it, but like it's just it's not seen. It's not used as much. I feel like these days. I don't even know actually. Um, on the wing, on the left. Like, could you put Sadio Mane there? Yeah, you could. You could put left wing Sadio Mane. I don't mind it. Yeah. I don't know if that would be get the best out of him though. Do you know? Now I'm starting to <laughs> sit here and think that it's actually gonna all happen. No, Sadio Mane could work on your left wing. Don't mind it at all. All right, just give me Sadio Mane because there I'm... we go. Finally, Mane. she picked the person I was thinking of as well. So you're going for Sadio Mane, the Senegalese superstar, the man who has been yeah. rebuilding Senegal as well, building stadiums, hospitals, schools and one of the greatest Senegalese players we've ever seen in, in world football as well, winning the Champions League with Liverpool, scoring ridiculous goals for Southampton and for Liverpool as well, respectively. Didn't have the best of times at Bayern Munich and is now playing in Saudi Arabia alongside Cristiano Ronaldo and Aymeric Laporte in the same team at Al Nasser. So, yeah, Sadio Mane, Sarah, fantastic player. Talk to me about how you think Sadio Mane's legacy, do you think it could eclipse Mohamed Salah's legacy in terms of African football because of him winning the AFCON back in 2022? What do you think? Maybe in Africa. I can't mm. speak on that. But I feel like, unfortunately, for us, because the Premier League has so much weight, that because he left when he did and then he had that terrible kind of fallout at Bayern Munich, no one really knows what happened there. It didn't wasn't working out, to say the least. Yeah. I think that is still kind of fresh in our memories. And now we've seen him gone to Saudi Arabia and absolutely no one is watching that league. So, unfortunately, I think Mohamed Salah is the is the more recognized player right now. That could change for sure. But Sadio Mane is definitely Senegalese royalty and we know that. But is he bigger than Salah? I wouldn't say so right now. No, that's fair enough. Because a lot of African um, fans as well, they're talking about how Mohamed Salah has... It doesn't, it doesn't feel like it. Because for some people, they think oh, North Africans are treated differently to West Africans. And I'm just like, I don't know about it. I'm not well-versed in that position as well. But it's really cool to see how people perceive people differently, if you know what I mean. Like with Mohamed Salah, he's revered in England as one of the best players in the Premier League. But Sadio Mane was never really... Besides that Liverpool fan who went, Sadio Mane, you're the best player in the world. Um, which is great fun as well. I'm not going to do the accent. I don't want to ruin my voice with it um, as well. <laughs> but Sadio Mane was a fantastic player at Liverpool scored some amazing goals and contributed really well but he always felt second fiddle to Mohamed Salah unfortunately um, um, at Liverpool as well under Jurgen Klopp so yeah big fan of Sadio Mane great pick for yourself in having Sadio Mane in your team now I need to pick a player for my left midfield who I think can actually do the business because it's looking very difficult for me because a lot of these players have played right midfield and for players playing right midfield it's not going to be as authentic. I could put JJ Okocha there, but I've already mentioned already that he only played right mid and center mid, so he didn't really play on the left and I'm not going to be inauthentic about it. I could put Mohamed Kudus there, but Mohamed Kudus doesn't play on the left. He plays on the right or he plays in the midfield um, or even as a striker sometimes for Ghana as well. I could and I should. I think, you know what, I'll go for this player because I think he's been a fantastic player. Um, to really watch and to really enjoy as well. I'm going to go for, actually, I'm going to double check this one. I'm going to double check this one, but I could. Struggling today. We I'm not, are it's, learning it's, a lot. We're learning so much as well, but I think I'm going to have to go for a player. Did he play on the left? He didn't play on the left. 
yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go for him because it's again this left midfield thing is really really difficult. But I need to put a left midfielder in there. Yeah, go on. I'll, I'll do it. Wilfred Zaha. Hello. Wilfred Zaha, Ivory Coast. No one will. I mean, I am not a big fan of Wilfred Zaha anyway. But again, I'm not playing players out of position because we're not inauthentic about it. And Wilfred Zaha is definitely my first, well, my last choice centre no, left midfielder as well. Tricky winger, did fantastic at Crystal Palace, playing Champions League football now for Galatasaray, which is absolutely fantastic to see him do well. There are some other players that I could have picked into there, but I think, you know what, I need a bit of flair in this team on the other wing, as well as Mohamed Salah, who's going to be running up and down the channel um, all the time. So shout out to Wilfred Zaha. A few honourable mentions from wingers before we go on to strikers. We could have mentioned Matzo Korne, Adamola Lukman, Brian Mbwemu, and... Sofian Faguli as well. He'd have been a pretty good one to pick in there as well. Sofian Buffa, but I picked two um, Moroccan players already, uh, which ain't great at all. Um, but yeah, those are the wingers I had, midfielders I had. Do you have any honourable mentions before we get on to our strikers, Sarah? I mean, a couple midfielders for sure. Uh, Didier Zakora, mm. that huge Ivory Coast team. Papa Diop, you've mentioned him. Papa Matasar, I mean, he's been brilliant for Senegal. Um, Pele, are you Abdi Pele as well? Incredible oh, so many! There are so many. Frank Kessie, my boy, Alex Song, another Barca. Is Frank Kessie in Saudi Arabia as well? Yeah, they've all gone to Saudi Arabia. It's crazy. They don't want to come back, so let them mm. learn their lesson. <laughs> it's true, it's very, very true as well. But no, great shout outs there as well, just great. Um, but yeah, because I picked a striker already in Samuelito, you get your first choice striker um, as well, which would be great. Then I'll pick my second choice striker. So by all means, have you saved this nation properly um, for picking a certain team? Let's hear it. That's all I need to do. That's all I need to do. It's happening. It came down and it was worth it. And the struggle was real, but we <laughs> made it back around. And I'm going with Didier Drogba. If you get Eto, give me Drogba. It's the only way. <laughs> if you had Eto and Drogba, I would have just said, don't even put it up. Don't even. It's fine. You've won. <laughs> I mean, I was going to be selfish and be like, oh, yeah, I'll take first pick. And then I'd be like, nah, I can't. Hey, we're doing off. the fake formation. This has been fair. It's always been fair when it's two people. It's when there's like three or four of us. And it's like, oh, now you pick, now you pick, now you pick. But now nah, I did hear Drogba. Now this is the way I've got a, a fun conversation for you. It's a start bench cell. So. So now I've got to start, start bench cell. Samuel Eto'o, Didier Drogba, George Weyer. Three African strikers, three African royalty um, strikers there as well. Who are you going for and why for your start bench cell? Samuel Eto'o's starting. Oh, why has he started for you? Um, I think that might be my Barca bias. But to be honest, okay, I, I need to give this as... Uh, a quick disclosure at the beginning in that I am way more familiar with Didier Drogba and Samuel Eto'o than I am George Weah. And that's just the fact of it. That's mm. maybe my ignorance. That's maybe my age. But if you're asking me right now, I don't know George Weah as good of a player as I should that I would take him over Samuel Eto'o. Yeah. Well, Though he's won a Ballon d'Or, I know he's considered one of the best. So maybe then would I put him over Drogba? But this is only based on kind of just what I've read. You know, I haven't really sat down and watched his football being played as much as I wish I I had. 
So I don't know if I actually should answer this question because I think that I don't have the the right tools for this one. That's okay. What I can do is I can flip it on a switch. Did Samuel Eto'o deserve a Ballon d'Or in his career? What do you think, Sarah? Yeah, I mean, listen. It's Maybe so- before the Ronaldo Messi era began. Yeah, I mean, once that started, it was GG's for everyone, wasn't it? But there are so many players that I think deserved a Ballon d'Or. Whether they win it or not, I'm not basing that on how good a player is because I think between the two of us, we could name 10 players right now that probably should have won a Ballon d'Or that haven't. Exactly. So I, I would say, yeah, for sure. But it, we live in a world where it's not really, it doesn't work like that. And especially with the Messi and the Ronaldo era starting ages ago now, that... I mean, what do you expect? It's very, it's very crazy as well because a lot of people, they're always thinking, oh yeah, African players get left out. But there have been some amazing African players that have just not been nominated for the top three as well. Neto was one of the few that got nominated in top three for Ballon d'Or and UEFA Player of the Year as well, respectively. So he's done very well to put African football on the map as well, respectively. Um, follow-up question. Who was the better striker in their prime? This is what's going to get clipped. Samuel no. Eto'o or Thierry Henry? No, Eto or Henri, who is the best who's the better striker in their prime and why? Tier Henry, Tier Henry. I love Eto. I love Eto. I love Eto. Keep it in the clip. I love <laughs> Eto. But TT was different. TT was different gravy. TT, I think, had a way of thinking about football. And I think we've spoken about this before. His intellect of the game, and not to say that Eto didn't. Eto absolutely did, but I think Thierry Henry is one of the very few that sees football quite differently than most of us. Um, and most of them as well. I, I just think it's something that he was gifted with. But TT, come on. Different gravy. Crazy. Yeah. Wait, what's your answer to that? Oh, I go for Henri, personal okay. preference. But Samuel Eto'o is definitely up there um, yeah. as well. That's another topic entirely. Top 10 strikers of the 2010 era. That's a very, very big oh, conversation a, to have. That's a fight. We should do that with the guys and they should actually show up. <laughs> yeah, when, when when they're not ill with Ebola and having <laughs> interviews and stuff, which is crazy and checking venues out is crazy. But no, it's, it's a great one as well, which is fantastic and very well picked, picking Didier Drogba uh, in, your, in your side as well. I could have put Samuel Eto'o on the left, by the way, but that's not authentic because although Eto's played on the left, not going to get the best out of Samueletto on the left as well. And to complete my partnership up front, I'm going for a country where, surprisingly, I've not picked a player from there yet. I probably should have by picking a left winger from there earlier, but I didn't. Um, I'm not going to go for George Weyer because I want to go for someone who I think is going to light up AFCON 2024. Wait, He's the only person who looks good with black hair and then blonde at the top. Marcus Rashford, get rid of it. Saka, get rid of it. It doesn't work for you. Sarah, who are we going for as my partner to partner Samuel Eto'o? Wait, are you going for Aubameyang? No, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm not picking I... Aubameyang in my team, please. Please, I need, I need some... I'm going to go for someone who hasn't scored as many goals as him, but it's just a personal preference because Aubameyang would have been a good shot. Who but... has... Oh, my goodness. It's happening. I'm picking him. It's got to be done. Go on, who are we going for? Are you going with the Nyaki Williams? No! Wait, you, uh, you're trolling me now. Come on. Okay, I have no idea. I'm looking at my right winger. He might not even be on this list, to be fair. But I was also then like, who would have dyed their hair blonde? And I was like, both those boys would have, to be fair. 
Um, Who's no, currently got blonde hair that plays for? I'll give you the country: Nigeria. Nigerian striker. Oh, we're going for Vic. We're going for oh, Victor, yeah. but which Victor? Boniface or? Oh man, Osimen. Osimen is my boy. I'm putting Victor Osimen in my team. Um, I like my mixture of uh, past and present uh, players in this team as well. As I didn't really want Zaha in the team, I'll be honest with you, but I needed a country where I could save Nigeria for later on as well. And for me, Victor Osimhen is one of the brightest stars that we're going to see at AFCON as well. He's been fantastic for Napoli, especially last season, getting back into it this season as well. A lot of people have been saying, oh, he's not scored many goals, but he's been injured this season as well, Sarah. So I want to know from your point of view, do you think Nigeria can rely upon Victor Osimhen for AFCON 2024? And if so, why? I mean, we've seen what he's done with Napoli. If he can get the the balls to him, if he can get that creation, then he can score. We've seen that because mm. he's done that with someone with the likes of Kvicha. And that is the player that is literally giving him gifts and he, he finishes them. He does. He is that kind of player. I think it's going to come down to more whether or not he is going to have that creation from his midfield, from his wingers at, in Nigeria, because like we mentioned at the top of the show with Dennis, that Nigeria have kind of been off lately. I mean, not qualifying for the World Cup, the Super Eagles. When in what lifetime would we not see them there? You know, it was bizarre. So I think a lot of pressure will fall on Osimen. But that oh, being... Oh, no. Oh, no. I thought of a better left winger for my team. And I've still got the country... Sorry, I'd interrupt. You were going on such a good speech there as well. But I've thought I'm of... I'm getting scared. What if I don't pick him? I have I'm, two that I can pick from that I'm thinking, but I'm maybe. going. I'm going to basically what I'll do. Sorry to interrupt. You you were saying about Victor Osimhen, and then I, I've got a player I can pick at left. I've got a player I can pick at left mid because he played at left mid at club level and for country as well. He's retired, what? and I've still. I thought I picked this country twice, but I picked it once. So. I might retract Wilfred Zaha for this player, but I will only retract Wilfred Zaha for this player as long as you don't pick him for your striker, that partner's Didier Drogba, because he did play as a striker as well. So this is tension for the podcast. This is tension for the listener. I have to make sure you have not picked him as your strike partner for Didier Drogba, but he did play as a left midfielder. So without further ado, Sarah, who is partnering Didier Drogba up front for you? Well, now I'm stressed out. Um, well, okay, here's the thing. I could absolutely put George Weah there, even though I feel like that wouldn't necessarily be... It's not you, is it? It's not me. It's because... not me. Yeah. But we don't put him in there. I'm thinking more like African legends. And if I have George Weah and Didier Drogba in the front, people will vote for mine because they'll see those two names. Or they'll I... be on the flip side and be like, who's George Weah? And they'll Google him. Oh, he's the president of Liberia. He played at centre midfield for some reason. Like you did earlier. How are you picking him? And it's like corruption in Liberia is through George Weah. I'm like, that's crazy. That's crazy. Didier yeah. Drogba once stopped a war in the Ivory Coast and George Weah is going through corruption issues in Liberia as well. Um, um, but yeah, so who's your striker to partner Didier Drogba? We're going to get we're gonna get a lot of shtick for not picking George Weah. I'm telling you right now, but I think I might go with the player that I actually gave you a bit of a career path for. Oh dear. Here we go, everyone. We're finally at... And in the front, it's Emmanuel Adebayor of Togo. Ooh. Togo. Representing gonna, Togo, gonna, which is great. Big guys in the front. I want the big, the tall, the aggressive. Um, 
Yeah. Scored amazing goals, both from Drogba and Adebayor, which would be insane. I mean, think about it too with Drogba and Adebayor, and then you have Sadio Mane coming up the way. Just like Adebayor is going to be heading all the goals in for sure. Nah, that's good. I'm liking it as well. Um, but yeah, I'm going to retract Wilfred Zaha um, from my team because he's again... Cheating. Just remember he's cheating, guys. He's don't cheating. worry, I will edit it to sound like I knew what I was talking about all along. Uh-huh. But yeah, um, Kevin Prince-Boteng is my replacement for Wilfred Zaha. Right. All I'm saying is Wilfred Zaha played for England, so I can't have him in my team. He's not purely African. Remember, he played for England before he played for Ivory Coast. Oh, but that still would have... He's yeah. played for two different nations. So I'm not. I'm not a fan of that personally. That's like uh, who did I say earlier? Uh, Kondogbia. Kondogbia, yeah. Played for France and then played for Central African Republic. So, yeah. If I'm going to be a bit more authentic, wink, wink. Hopefully, Sarah doesn't notice. I'm picking Kevin Prince Boateng. I'm picking King, uh, Kevin Prince Boateng, the former Portsmouth Tottenham, the former Barca legend, <laughs> former Barca legend who wore that jersey as well. Um, I think you wearing that jersey actually reminded me of Kevin Prince Boateng. Playing with Lionel Messi and Suarez was a crazy thing. Boateng on the left, Suarez in the middle, Messi on the right was a crazy front three. Coutinho as well, insane. But yeah, Kevin Prince Boateng, I need a bit of a maverick in my team as well. My second Ghanaian pick as well, um, which is really good fun. I think if Dennis was here, Dennis would have just carried on being like, you guys just don't know football enough. Then he would have picked some amazing players, but he's not. How do you not know that George Weah is the president of Liberia? I would have been cut from the show at that point. That was a low point for me, truly. You would have been like that meme, the meme that just vanishes into like yeah. thin air. Just crazy. Do you know uh, what? This one, it this one was the hardest. This one was the hardest one. Take me to South America, take me to Europe. I'm fine. But the African one was it was tricky, especially because I feel like a lot of these players were playing when we were quite young. Like exactly. we, we remember them, but you don't remember necessarily like where exactly they played or like who they, you know, it's, it was, it's been a test. It's been a learning experience. <laughs> and now we've got to read out our teams back to front. So it's going to be a very fun one to make sure that we've not picked more than two players per nation. So I'll go first with my team back to front in the four four two formation. We've got Yassin Bonu from Morocco. We've got Loren from Cameroon. Uh, in the rest of the back four, we've got uh, Kailidou Koulibaly from Senegal, Kolo Toro from the Ivory Coast, and Quinton Fortune from South Africa. Then in my midfield four, we've got Mohamed Salah, stop celebrating Christmas, it's not fun, Mohamed Salah. We've got Michael Essien in midfield with Azadine Unahi, underrated hero from Morocco's semi-final uh, heroics in the 2022 World Cup, followed by Kevin Prince-Boteng, the number one um, villain in Germany after injuring Michael Balak before the 2010 World Cup. And then he went off playing for Ghana. So again, bit of a maverick there. And my front two is Victor Osman, who I believe is the best African number nine in the world right now, followed by Samuel Eto'o, who I believe is the greatest African number nine striker of all time. Sorry, George Weah, but that's my 4-4-2. Sarah, let's see how you combated my team with your team. On the caption, just straight, sorry, George Weah. All right, in the back... The name of the podcast, all-time African 11. Sorry, George Weah. They're going to come for us. They're going to come. We're apologizing right now. The government um, of Liberia will ban Friday Night Counterattack. All our listeners from Liberia will be done for. They will just won't listen to us. Oh, no. This is painful. Absolutely painful. <laughs> All right. In the back, we have the Egyptian Al-Hadari. Uh, right to left defense, Hakimi, Joel Matip, Saiz, and Asamoa. My Crazy. midfield is... Riyad Mahrez, John Obi Mikel, Yaya Toure, and Sadio Mane. Ridiculous. 
Best player in the world. Is that your Scouse accent? Sadio Mane. I'm being serious. Are you serious? No, if sports some maybes. Oh, my voice is hurting. I can't do a high-pitched voice like this. This is painful. But it's like, uh, I only do absolutes. Oh, my God. It lives in my head rent-free, this clip, truly. Mm. And up front, Didier Drogba and Emmanuel Adebayor. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. We got there in the end. It took us a while. But I think we did really well. Now I've got a start bench cell for you as well, which will be fun. <laughs> it's a strike and start bench cell for Premier Leagues as well. So I'm going to go Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, Emmanuel Adebayor, and to throw in a bit of a curveball, I'm going to throw in Demba Bar as well. Oh, Demba Senegal <laughs> as well. Crazy. Oh my God, there's so many players that we've missed. We have to do um, a shout out to more players after this. We do. Um, I think I started Adebayor. I had, what do you mean? I'm starting Adebayor because it's on my but team. Aubameyang. Would you not start Aubameyang with Adebayor? I don't know. I don't know how I feel about Aubameyang. Honestly, I feel like he's... Former Barcelona player as well. Yeah, I know he is. I mean, he's played for like half the teams in the world at this point, but I don't, I just... Killing it at Marseille right now as well, Babiang is. Huh? He's killing it at Marseille as well. He's doing fantastic. He's killing it. He's brilliant. But I just, I don't know. I think I have to go with Adebayor because I've picked him for my team, haven't I? (laughs) Um, And uh, I don't know. I feel like Adebayor, just everyone knows Adebayor. Is that, yeah, like... They're, they're also, I don't think they're very relatable in the sense of the way they play. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. But I think I'd go with him. And then, sorry, Dumbaba, but I think I'm going to... For me, I'd start Pierre-Emerick or Babiang. I think he's a fantastic striker at Borussia Dortmund and a really good player um, to watch at Arsenal in the first few years that he was there. One Arsenal of the FA Cup as well. And again, he's one of the few Mavericks in the team that Mikel Arteta wanted to get rid of. So I quite like Mikel Arteta until we got rid of Pierre-Emerick or Babiang. Um, as well. Bench, I'd go for Demba Bar, you know. I think I'd rather go for Demba Bar, mostly because of him. Demba Bar scoring that fantastic goal at Anfield and Steven Gerrard slip. That lives in my mind rent-free as well, seeing Steven Gerrard slip and Demba Bar going off to score as well. And I think he had a fantastic time at Newcastle and at Chelsea um, for Demba Bar as well. Fantastic striker. And a fantastic partnership uh, with Papis Cisse. The streets will never forget. And I think I would sell Emmanuel... Sorry? But the streets don't forget. The streets will never, ever forget. And I think I'd say Emmanuel Adebayor, because just like you said as well, he's played for so many different teams, like you said, in the career path going forward. So I think if I had to sell Emmanuel Adebayor, he'd definitely get um, a lot of money for me as well, which would be great, but (laughs) really good as well. But that was a really fantastic draft as well. I'm going to have to do some editing with Dennis cutting out earlier um, as well. Let's let's see what Delete my debacle if you can. Delete it. Send it away. It's ridiculous. Which one? There was free today. It's crazy. That was, I don't know, maybe the president of Liberia. Maybe, like, maybe we don't we, talk about George Weah in this podcast. Don't worry, it's coming out a week from a time of recording, so I've got enough time to edit it, which is good fun as well. Um, but it's been absolutely fantastic to go through the African all-time draft as well, because like we said before, a lot of people aren't going to be excited or covering it as much as they should be, in my opinion. But on Friday Night Counter Attack, we definitely will be. We'll be talking about it every week, which will be great fun. Got a few different topics of conversation coming up for uh, all-time African strikers as well. And we've got some amazing conversations coming up uh, online as well, which would be great fun. But realistically speaking, Sarah, I think we've had a very good draft. And I'm not really sure this time around who's actually won because you've got a really good midfield, got a really good attack, really good defence. I can say exactly the same for my team as well, but we're going to have to let the public yeah. decide for this one, which would we'll be good. We'll let them decide. I've usually gone into these drafts 
well, actually finishing these drafts, very confident. Mm. Um, thinking I've won all of them, actually. I'll be quite honest. <laughs> I've been happy with my choices, but this one tested me. So let's uh yeah, let's see what they have to say. I'm I'm happy to uh to not to not win this one. That's fine. Because we are learning, we are educating ourselves. <laughs> Absolutely. I could do an all-time Asian draft. Actually, we've got an all-time Asian draft coming up as well. It's a, it's a special conversation with a football presenter from FIFA. So I'm going to get to share that over the next couple of weeks as well, which would be good fun. But um, what I'll do, Sarah, is I'll need you for part two of that one. I shouldn't say it's on recording, but I will need you for part two on that one because there's a, another topic of um, Asian footballers that we'll get into as well. But yeah, everyone, thank you very much for listening. It's been a great conversation um, back in the new year, talking about football, talking about African football, especially has been fantastic. Um, if you haven't followed Sarah already, do follow Sarah. Her description is in, uh, her link is in the description below as well. And again, she's now officially on Friday Night Counter-Attack, which is all good in the hood. So I'm looking forward to it. But yeah, everyone, thank you very much for listening. Take care and we will see you next time.